good evening. Welcome to Indeed, the independent wrestling podcast. I'm Mike Hamley, here as always, talking some independent wrestling with uh, another wonderful guest. And of course, my co-host is always Righteous Reg. How are you doing, Reg? Uh, I am doing wonderful. Uh, we started out this podcast very, very funny. I'm very happy to be here. It is the Wednesday podcast extraordinaire of them all. It's Indeed. It's Mike and Reg. We are here talking today with, we always misspeak, actually, I think, when we say an independent wrestler when we're talking about this guy, but he is so deep in independent wrestling all the time, every weekend. It's three or four times. He is the MVP of independent wrestling. That's a, an easy thing to say. And as Mike and I have said coming into this podcast, we've probably talked about this guy on every single Indeed episode we've had either directly talking about him or a guest talking about him or something kind of he's brought up in this podcast some way. So very excited today to have Speedball Mike Bailey here. It's double Mike day, Mike. Hello. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mike and Mike and Reg. Uh, when you say talk about me every episode, I, I hope you mean talking shit and that of every course. time you say something positive about someone, you go unlike that, uh, that dirtbag Speedball Mike Bailey. Well, we're not here talking positively about you. Never. Every time there's a bad spot, we're like, no. just like Mike Bailey does it. Somebody does a really soft, terrible kick. We're like, just like Mike Bailey. Right. Because yeah. that's the te theme of this podcast. Kind of. We're just airing grievances. Mm -hmm. We're going to do that for the next hour. You, you're uh, but if you want to, sure. Yeah, we just... <laughs> It's, it's your hour. Do do with it what you'd like to. Um, no, you know. no, that's not speedball. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. Actually, uh, it, it, in in wonder in uh, in in times like these where you know it's uh, you, you can't seem to open up your phone without finding somebody complaining. It's quite the opposite from you, actually. You're, you're totally. you know, kind of just head down, head down, uh, head down, go to work. Always kind of you know just heading to the next thing. Um, but before anything, I. I got to get something off my chest with you. Uh, you claimed a fair amount of you claimed a fair amount of TV watch time recently uh, when you were when you're on the road to challenging Zack Sabre Jr. What do you watch to fill up 80 hours in a week? Like, I, I yeah. what are you watching? Great question. Okay, So first off, I just want to say that was a categorically a, a complete fabrication and a lie. I <laughs> oh, yeah. do not oh, watch yeah, for sure. 80 hours. You don't of have television. time for that. No, no like, I, I well, when's man got 80 hours of anything. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't even own, like, I don't watch television. I don't own a television. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I watch a lot of programming on, like, Netflix and Hulu on my laptop. Uh, we're watching Abbott Elementary right now, which is fantastic. Mm. Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I watch way more YouTube than I watch any kind of television. Though, you, you know what I mean? It's streaming era. I like a lot of shows and movies, but it's it's honestly a lot of YouTube for me. Yeah. Um, I think uh, my first question, Speedball, is a very easy and simple one. Every weekend on Sunday, I think, how do you do this, my friend? How? Are, how, how? You'll fight Brian Keith one night, then the next night you're fighting Josh Alexander, then the next night you're in a lucha six-way, and you're okay to do it the next week. First question is how? So uh, a <laughs> big part of the answer is uh, – Pro wrestling is not that hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, compared to a lot of other things, like, you just do it. You know, I just do pro wrestling, and I just have matches, and it's like 20 minutes of very intense effort two, three, or four times a week. But compared, like, I have a background in Taekwondo, right? Martial mm -hmm. arts is kind of the first thing that I, I took a really deep dive into 
physically and training for taekwondo tournaments much much more difficult than uh professional wrestling in terms of the okay. training and the physical part the the travel and the the mental toll of it all is very difficult but also uh the fact that this is my job and that mm -hmm. i don't have to work you know what i mean some place that i do not like i was a, a janitor for many many years i cleaned a university during the night from 10 a.m to 6 a.m and i can tell you pro wrestling is a lot more fun than that <laughs> so it's easy it was, so it's not that it's easy, right? It's incredibly <laughs> difficult, and to do it as a high level takes a lot of effort, but it absolutely doesn't feel like effort. Gotcha. Managing your six hours and, and get, trying to have the time to clean five floors of classrooms, now that's effort. That's difficult. <laughs> the effort that you put into pro wrestling is is all fun. Absolutely. Um, you know, that it, uh, part of that fun is, uh, you know, visually evidenced on your face. You got a, uh, a nice kick, uh, a nice kick in the brow from, uh, Misaki Mochizuki this weekend. Uh, that was an elbow actually. It oh, was not it was. a kick. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Pro wrestling revolver posted a very nice clip of it, uh, uh by Tussle Mania. Shout out Tussle Mania who takes some of the greatest clips great. so in wild pro wrestling shot. right now. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, mm. uh, you can just see it. You can see the elbow hit my my brow and then you can see the blood just instantly spurt out it's fantastic oh so so you know you meant uh you know a physical a physical recovery you're saying it's actually not as bad as uh you're saying the mental recovery is something uh you know and the travel and you know the kind of the the, the toll that all that mileage puts on your body um i did want to kind of touch on mental health with you uh, if that's all right, uh, you know, someone tweeted at you recently uh, and asked who your favorite opponent this year has been. And uh, you, you you quoted them with the answer of depression. Mm -hmm. um, that tweet got, uh, you know, obviously a fair amount of response uh, from people. And I would imagine your DMs got more than, you know, uh, people would see even through the timeline. Um, how are you doing today, first of all? Uh, OK, so today I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have only gotten uh, three days at home this week, and we have a lot of like basic tasks just mm -hmm. piling up to the <laughs> point where it feels overwhelming, right? And yeah. uh, I'm sure you guys can can fully relate to this, but being mm -hmm. in the part of your career where you're still like doing a bunch of different things and trying to make them all work and your focus is split between 12 different tasks that are kind of tangentially related to your main one and you have a bunch of things that could work out really well but you can't do anything about those things right now so you mm. really try and focus on all the other things and and you know that's kind of what uh, happens in those three days i spell home before i, I go back to traveling and it, it's heavy right now it feels heavy. Understandable. Uh, yeah. Understandable. Um, it's a lot to take in. Is, yeah, but no, I, I understand that that's kind of a... But it's true, a, though. A, a grim answer. Yeah. But, like, that's the that's the truth of the story with uh, mm -hmm. depression and mental health issues is that I, I, I have them. I have depression. Mm -hmm. And mm. it's a battle, and it's something that I'm going to carry with me for my whole life. Mm -hmm. And luckily, at 33 years old, I've kind of made peace with that. And that's a part of me that I, I reconcile with. And I, I you know, <laughs> I deal with it as best I, I can and move on. 
And shout out to Veda. I'm sure she uh, helps a lot with all this. You continuously say we as you are a unit. You uh, see you two uh, together a lot. And I'm sure that's very great help on your mental health. Uh, it is all of it, honestly. I say yeah. we without even thinking about it. I, right. I apologize to all your listeners <laughs> that aren't familiar with people on my belly, but but uh, <laughs> Veda Scott, my, my partner yep. uh, in life, in marriage, and in uh, tag team wrestling on occasion. Uh, yeah, we, we support each other. And honestly, there's mm -hmm. so much that I could not do and would not do if it wasn't for Veda's support. Hell yeah. Um, so, uh, like, about you bringing up, uh, you know, kind of bringing that up publicly, why, why did you, well, you know, why were you so candid with it? Uh, and, you know, kind of putting that out there with such a blunt answer? Because it's a funny joke. <laughs> That's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. it made, because it made for a good because i thought it would make for a good tweet and it did mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't want i don't have a unique take on mental health and depression that you can't find in a mm -hmm. much more researched and educated way on other parts of twitter i mean i'm, I'm not that smart i'm a professional wrestler <laughs> however <laughs> i can i can pop out a pretty funny tweet once in a while and i mean i think that makes it all the more relatable than, totally and you know what i mean some some just b bummer hey guys i'm depressed tweet yeah yeah no very very relatable uh i you know part of i i, I think you know seeing somebody that maybe you know is uh, maybe viewed on more of a pedestal uh is you know having that fiber that kind of connects you know, normal, non-wrestling, non-super-athletic folks mm -hmm. to say someone that, you know, uh, is in a an admirable place or, you know, a, uh, you know, viewed in, you know, viewed on a pedestal. That's uh, super helpful with uh, normalizing that, it, whether whether joking or not. Um, I, I did kind of mention looking at you on a pedestal and I, 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 I wonder because I don't I, I don't really hear you talk about it, but you know whether you probably like it or not um for lack of a, of a better term uh you know be it from in your in-ring work to teaching outside of it uh you know there are people that you know look at you in a uh you know certain light maybe differently than others um mm -hmm. and is there any expectation or weight that you carry as a result of that and how do you manage that if so so i am deeply careful about that as a thing and i do not want my my opinions are especially as pertains to wrestling to be viewed as more than that as more yeah. than like good opinions on wrestling i mean uh this is this is another thing right sort of back to mental health that you'll hear a lot you know people say and it's like hey you can come to me anytime you're uh you're you're in need and if you have anything i can help with and and for me it's the complete opposite please don't <laughs> I, I mean i, I get like, it I, Right, I struggle. Mm -hmm. I am not perfect. I am deeply flawed as a human being. I have I my very, own things, dude. I can't take on yours too. Is kind of how I feel sometimes. Right, uh, yeah. I, like uh, you are placed literally on a pedestal when you're when you're wrestling. Right, every every eyes are on you. You're in the ring. You're like physically higher than everyone else, and that does put you in some kind of you know, uh, like elevated stature that I I don't like. I don't want. I don't agree with it. Uh, you know what I mean? I think I think there's that barrier oftentimes between professional wrestlers and quote unquote the fans, which is I, I even hate that word to begin with. Like, I think that it's, you know, I much prefer audience or supporters when it's people that are 
actively encouraging me but i think fans is is weird and i think to put anyone on a pedestal because they're good at their job is is weird behavior at best <laughs> but That's that being said point. like i have been doing pro wrestling for a very very long time i've been you know what i mean Uh, in terms of doing matches and the mechanics of it and the story writing and the navigating the business, I am excellent at that. Mm-hmm. And and I, like that, I'm I'm more than happy to help anyone who needs with who needs help with it. Uh, you know, sharing knowledge and and telling yeah. them things that I wish someone would have told me earlier because I do have that knowledge. However, I have no training in uh, human psychology or mental health. <laughs> that's a great point that you make too because i've seen with my own eyes at a couple of west coast pro shows of you going around and helping anybody that wants it and 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 needs things just for their master just trying to go over things with that you become like more than just speedball mike bailey the wrestler it's like also speedball mike i guess it goes into like the training thing it kind of comes along with that um how much of that is just Uh, you did you get that coming up? Were there vets that were like around that would impart their knowledge as much as you do, and you wanted to kind of be that person, or was it like you didn't get that and you want to be that person? So yes and no. The vets that actually came and helped me for advice were like few and far between, and the ones whose advice I could actually use as was and was something positive was very rare. There was a lot of you know. Hey, slow down, kid, and you gotta sell and put some boots on, which is just not helpful and was not well intentioned at put all. Put some boots on, <laughs> right? But you know things like that. Uh, this is pro wrestling, not karate, which people actually told me in locker rooms. But keep in mind, I started wrestling in Quebec in 2005, where the scene was uh, not good, <laughs> bad, even some would say. But I. Uh, When I started wrestling, my brother was was uh, performing as well. He was two years older than me. He, he still is two years older than me. He was at the time too. Uh, but he started wrestling two years ahead of me. And then I had a another group of, of like-minded 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old friends. And we all kind of wanted to do the same same type of wrestling. We all mm-hmm. watched beyond what was on just on tv and readily available and we watched you know dr- early ring of honor and dragon gate and and x division stuff from tna and we wanted to do that and we we were all kind of without really knowing it kind of coaching each other but we would all watch our matches together and give feedback on what worked and what didn't knowing what we were trying to do and i think that part is uh, is missing from professional wrestling yeah. not to say that i didn't have work with a lot of like veterans that I, I learned a lot from uh, excess. I don't know if you guys are familiar with excess, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I saw, his, saw his son recently, actually. I had a match with his them. son, which is completely so good. Mind blowing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Cena, I learned a ton from though. That was a tiny bit later. And, and there was a lot of people, sexy Eddie, who was always very happy and willing to help mm-hmm. but mostly having this group of like-minded peers that were all kind of just coaching each other because they understood the kind of wrestling that I wanted to do and they understood the direction in which I wanted to take my career so their advice was a lot more helpful in that way and and like I try really hard to do that I try to understand the kind of matches that people want to put on 
and and help them put that on rather than telling them the kind of matches that I want them to have. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes my advice and feedback usually different, which is, is something that I've heard. I know there's a lot of guys like um, there's, there's quite a few luchadors that that ask me to watch their matches. And I think a big part of the reason is they in America, they usually get, oh, you did all those flips and stunts and they were very cool. And then people kind of wash their hands of, of the rest of it. Right. Like you're not even going to attempt to make it all make sense. But I'm like, oh, you can do all those stunts, but make them mean just a little more or make it easier on you by organizing it just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's a bit of a different perspective that I bring. I like that we ended up getting here so quickly because uh, this brings me to uh, a segment I we, we've done here in the past. Uh, it's called Anonymous Review. I have a quote here from someone. I'll, I'll read it to you. You can let me know. Uh, you let me know who you think wrote it. But it, play, it, 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 I, it's so perfect for everything we just talked about. Oh so, no! <laughs> I think the biggest I thing for speed. I can't do anything about my body odor, by the way. I just want to say <laughs> that I try. I put on deodorant sometimes, but it's just—it's the way I smell. I don't know. Maybe my diet. I, I can't help it. Wow. If that factors he... in, I apologize in advance. Wow, I, I can't believe you knew the review right there. Um, no. It's... <laughs> I think the biggest thing for Speedball is everybody always knows and puts him over as the best wrestler in the world or a super nice guy. One thing I don't th- think that he gets enough credit for is how much of himself he gives to literally everybody. Not just friends of his, but other wrestlers, other people that he works with on the show. Basically, if you're in a room with the guy and you have a question on how to get better in wrestling, doesn't matter in what regard. If you're a promoter, commentator, ring announcer, what the fuck ever, he's got time for you. He's got advice for you. And he always does it with a smile. In a business full of people that like to bitch and complain about everything, he does it. Uh, he doesn't at all, and I don't think that gets enough adulation. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. You want to take... <laughs> feel free to take a guess. Feel free to take a guess if you'd like. Okay. Um, uh... Keep keep in mind this would have to be somebody that you know I I'd been able to reach out to for this. So. Yeah. Can we? Uh, okay. So is it someone in Canada? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'll let you play warmer colder. It's definitely. Mm-hmm. It, I guess. Yes, they're in Canada. Although that makes them colder than warmer. Is it someone in Ontario? You know it. Is it someone near the <laughs> Toronto area? relatively around that area uh is it someone who will have a show that airs in a few hours on youtube uh like for in 40 minutes like in 40 minutes it, it is yeah oh is it big ben ortman's oh there it is wow yeah. no mystery here no <laughs> no this is good i like that i like that we can do these so quickly oh. <laughs> yeah that's awesome though and real yeah, I just thought it was uh, a really good time to. That. I thought that was a good time to bring that up since uh, you know we happened to get there. Uh, you know, uh, get you know get to bring that up with you already. Um, with putting together those matches, too, uh, you know, something that you 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 did talk about is uh, you know finding kind of what you know uh, a way to make things work for people, um, and it kind of leads me to uh, you're your being creative and open minded about what wrestling can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and an example here, uh, one of the only matches my wife, uh, who doesn't really care for wrestling at all, can remember that that recently is uh, your match versus Yoshihiko. Yes. Um, something and uh, uh, specific, I, I, so I, ha- I had to, you know, no, 
with you coming, I had to just kind of get uh, a little more in depth with her on this. And I was like, what about it? And she's like, um, the thing that stood out to her was that you, uh, the, she said the referees a perch uh shout out perch everyone in the building fucking perch man <laughs> perch absolutely quite At- a guy yeah totally. yes mm-hmm. um but uh, like everyone in the building is uh bought into what is happening in the ring and it's they're reacting and treating everything no differently as if you're wrestling another human being and that that that's the part that resonated with her and i find it funny that that's her takeaway from the match and not like Oh, that's fucking stupid. You wrestled a doll. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's this awful mindset with wrestling that it's uh, it's only one thing and it can only be one thing and it can only be done one way to be taken seriously. I think it's a tragic outlook. And uh, many of your matches uh, obviously prove this to be untrue uh, as recently as like this weekend. Uh, you know, you had a cute off with Maki Ito. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry that she's cuter than you. You look very upset about this. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you're doomed. Like what's is what I, I'd like to get into your philosophy on exploring the creative bounds of wrestling, whether it's like within matches themselves or in the way that it can even be presented, a la Friday Night Speedball or like a fight entertainment spectacle. Oh man, there are so many layers to that. Was a very long question. With I'm sorry. A, a I'm lot sorry. Of thoughts. Too uh, much nuance. For, first of all, the thing is, uh, shout out to Perch who is absolutely amazing. And every time I get to include him in one of my matches, it just makes the whole thing so much better. Uh, Okay, so, oh man, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. So my match with Yoshihiko, which is kind of at the crux of this, right? Yeah. Uh, Where where DDT happens, Mm. uh, which is definitely the place where I learned the proper balance between, between pro wrestling and comedy and what makes wrestling funny. Uh, and it, it also strikes me that your your wife, I'm sure, did not see Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. No. So only only got kind of the level one from the match with Yoshihiko and, and did mm-hmm. not even have like access to the the level two uh, part of I, it. Which is... I, I tried explaining the additional layer of like <laughs> everyone said everyone made the joke of Speedball and Yoshihiko is going to be match of the year. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they. Yeah, but. And she, uh, once I started to get into that, she just looked at me like I was crazy and kind of walked mm-hmm. off. But there, there is so much like uh, if that if me wrestling Yoshihiko just happened in a vacuum, right? If it was a street performer wrestling around with a a doll, it most likely would not be nearly as entertaining. Uh, but at, at the basis of all this, right? At the basis of mm-hmm. of pro wrestling is is uh, passion and skill always shine through. Mm. no matter the medium right and i think mm. that if you have that that's a that's a great base to start uh and and like i'm trying to like the, try to gather the thoughts here and and mm. form an answer in a in a way that that is understandable but yeah uh man yoshiko is never not over with an audience it is yeah. never not entertaining because it is like wrestling with a uh, blow-up doll is truly one of the most scary things you can do mm-hmm. uh, as a performer. Usually in wrestling, there is a there's a format, and it, you rely on that format. You kind of have you pretty much know you'll be successful, right? You present yeah. your normal wrestling match. It's worked before. It's worked for countless people before you, and you kind of know it's going to work. But if you're you're wrestling a, a blow-up doll that people might have never seen before. 
and and it falls flat, then that's entirely on you. You have no one to blame. Uh, and I think, like in in DDT, comedy wrestling or anything that is further away from the the wrestling box is taken so much more seriously mm -hmm. and requires so much more effort. And I think there's a lot of comedy wrestling that doesn't work simply for the reasons that they don't take it seriously. Uh, but I like I think it's it's that balance that makes it funny and the it's the understanding of of uh, the fact that it's a at the base it's a professional wrestling show it's about professional wrestling and you build those expectations for what professional wrestling is and will be and take those away that's what makes you know wrestling a blow up doll or having a match where you put on a pair of glasses and everyone starts dancing <laughs> or having a, 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 a like undead patient. That scares everyone in the match. That's what makes it so funny. The fact that everyone knows has and has expectations for professional wrestling. Uh, and it, it's so funny. Uh, I think that being your wife's favorite match is a very common experience. Right. And I think the, the worst thing for professional wrestling in terms of uh, drawing in new audiences is homogeneity. Mm-hmm. I think if the show is all one thing, then it kind of only pleases one kind of people, right? True. And and I mean, this is a much longer discussion, but uh, there is a, a very, the, the, there's a disconnect in pro wrestling between the people that are putting it on and actually knowing the purple, the people for who they are performing. And I think one of the biggest ways that manifests is like when storylines on shows are done poorly and if you're there for the first time you're seeing this happen and you have no idea why this person is running in why we should hate this guy or why this why they're getting involved in this match and it's just confusing when there's a way to explain it and i think so th these are my my numbers and and uh reg i know you're a numbers guy so tell me <laughs> if these ring true to you right every time mm -hmm. i wrestle on an independent wrestling show there is roughly half the audience who doesn't know who i am yeah there okay. is right and out of that half who know who i am there are maybe 30 percent of those know my name are familiar with me from like twitter having me seen me on a show before but they don't know my moves they don't know what i do they don't know like they don't know they, they know of me but they don't know who i am mm -hmm. and then there's like maybe 20 percent of the audience knows that my finisher is a shooting star knee drop and that i'm a taekwondo guy and i'm speedball mike bailey and and i'm a respectful martial artist and that is my the character that i portray in the ring right mm -hmm. and i think that way too many professional wrestling promotions and companies and wrestlers play way too much to that 20 percent uh... and ignore the other 80 percent mm -hmm right of the audience but i i think that uh there there's work to be done in terms of like teaching that 80 percent that more like that 50 percent what wrestling is and then mm -hmm. you introduce different ways of presenting it so that there's something for everyone uh, right you asked me a very long question my answer feels yeah really you brought scattered. it back around but, no you got it you worked right? it you worked okay, it perfectly <laughs> Mike, yep. you talked about uh, you talk a lot about your Taekwondo background, and I've talked to 
many of wrestler friends after a speedball Mike Bailey match, and they're all like, it's a speedball Mike Bailey match. Um, how is it kind of having knowing that you're going to go into a match and it's going to be, I don't want to say real, but real, like there's going to be real strikes, there's real kicks, everything is like an extra added uh, uh, thing. Do, have you ever been in an, a match with an opponent and they're like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting? And you just are like, well, this is what time it is, kid. No. Uh, <laughs> or, or at least not in many, many, many years. Not in a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, again, uh, this is something I say often, right? Uh, and this is going to, again, it's, it's a long, convoluted answer, but I'll bring it back. Don't you worry. You uh, take your time. I think pro wrestling suffers a lot by trying to hide how it's done. And I think if you really wanted to make to turn people who aren't familiar with professional wrestling into pro wrestling fans, what you would show them is the entire process, right? Not just the match, but two people who aren't who come from different countries on an airplane, meet together, don't speak the same language, kind of gesticulate at each other in a room for like 20, 30 minutes, shake hands, walk away from each other, and then meet in the ring and plop out some fully flawless. Uh, 15 minute fight choreography and i think yeah. seeing that entire process is a lot more interesting than just seeing the show right uh when you watch you know what i mean uh when dvd extras became a thing to me that makes a movie like the let's say the matrix much more exciting seeing the kind of effort right. that it takes it's, it's not just you know you don't just plop the scene into a machine and hit click cgi and it creates a slow motion 360 camera dodging bullet scene there's a ton of skill that goes behind building that and i think the skill that goes behind building professional ma wrestling matches is is just as interesting as the matches themselves but uh behind everything right behind every kick i do there has been some kind of explanation and i want to make sure that my opponents being a good wrestler is letting people know what they're in for i think the kindest right. people make the best pro wrestlers and there are no surprises. There are no, uh, there are no disagreements. I don't want to surprise people unless I do. Unless I d deliberately <laughs> want them to be surprised by something in the match, because I want the audience to be able to get, feel that reaction. But that's a very deliberate thing. I think that for the most part, uh, alongside with becoming a good pro wrestler, I have become very good at. The, the, that negotiation and the building and the directing and the the exchange of ideas that goes behind a pro wrestling match. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite things lately about like uh, getting to shows a little earlier is, you know, I might be there early enough to see a couple of people putting a match together and mm -hmm. seeing that process play out and then later on seeing them have the match and like, hit all the stuff that was literally just two people like pointing to corners in the middle of a ring and like making hand signals to each other while they're talking, seeing that all come together, become a match. And then like, you know, they're all happy after like they hit all their spots, you know, everything like the timing. It's such a cool thing to witness from start to finish. Like I've, I've, yeah, I'm glad I'm so happy you mentioned that. I wish more people so could see it. This is something I realized when recently uh, there's someone filming kind of a documentary thing, but they, they were showing me footage of me going over my match with someone else. And there's like four different like dances that go into making a match. Well, there's a dance, there's a song. So there's the 
doing it alone in your head. There's the yeah. saying it. There's the doing it together. There's the saying it together that all look wildly different. But most wrestlers, like, kind of unconsciously just fall into those, right? Yeah. Like, like I don't know. Um, uh, I, so if you this is going to be a, a boring bit for the podcast listeners. But, but like, I don't know. If you've been around a, a wrestling show before it actually starts, right, you've seen, you've seen this one. <laughs> this is this is like exactly how it looks um yeah i i'm so sorry for the audio listeners but yeah it's this is <laughs> watch the video yeah just watch the video you should be watching the video anyway it's better mm-hmm. <laughs> mike baby mike bailey mimicking an entire Sequence. That was my match with Makito, by the way. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, you still remember it. Oh my! Yeah, of course, fucking God! Oh my God, y'all! You said, "Of course I do," but you've had like four. Like, it's how do you remember it's... when you've had like four in a row? I just don't understand. So the same way you remember actual matches is it's not like one long series of movement, and it's not actually yeah. that unique. There is a structure. There is a, a method, and a lot of what I do kind of stays the same, which makes it a lot easier. But also, there's a there's a That's logic true. to everything. Matches that don't make sense are a lot more difficult to memorize than matches where everything kind of just flows in a logical way. Yeah, that's a, that's actually true because I had a question about that because they talk about one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, also a Canadian superstar, Bret Hart. One of his things was, oh, Bret Hart has five moves of doom. And you essentially have five moves of doom, Mike Bailey, but you make your five moves and do them to match of the years. How, how do you, how, I don't really understand. Like, because most people think that uh, doing less, like less is more in your situation. Did you make a conscious effort from the beginning to be like, I can do these things really well. And if I just continuously do them well, I'll be successful. So yes, that's the goal, but that's incredibly simplistic. It mm. takes wrestlers a, a lifetime, several years to figure out what it is they're good at and how to be able to use those things in different ways so that it always feels new. It's always the same sequence. It's always the same five moves, but they're all brought about differently. And those right. five moves all work together. And you have three different versions of five of those moves that all culminate and add. But it knowing what those are, what those things are that you do as a performer that make you you and are completely unique that takes, mm-hmm. you know, it took me at least 10 years to kind of start to figure it out. Ah, uh-huh. that's a lesson for the wrestlers out there. It's not fast. Uh, not it's it's a day. long game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The the this is me on finish, right? This is my my seminar speech on on seminars <laughs> that I have given. Sorry, on finishers that I have given a lot. And uh, if uh, if if Giordano listens to this, I'm sorry, because you're being thrown under the bus. Uh, but I have a friend called the producer. His nickname is the producer. So he used the final cut as a finisher. You know, reverse mm-hmm. DDT position, drop an elbow. It's called the final yep. cut, right? Mm-hmm. It was his finisher because it's a funny pun. Is a producer use final cut? cut. Yeah. Get it? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not a good finisher. Yeah. No. It's a bad finisher. It's a bad finisher <laughs> yeah. because over the course of the match, he does things that are way cooler than that. And mm. You know what I mean? You should figure out your finisher by trying a bunch of different moves in that finisher position until you land on one that works the best. Uh, Like, that goes for independent wrestling, which is completely different than 
televised wrestling where you can just beat a guy with any move and that's your finisher it's going to be replayed and packaged and talked about and uh you know what i mean it's a completely different animal but <laughs> the director <laughs> look um sh shout out casanova productions producer jv <laughs> superstar shane hawk also uh they did a whole like announced trailer uh for their new t-shirt design uh yesterday like tied it like they the whole grand theft auto 6 thing like they they yes they spun it into their own Absolutely. love seeing that shit Very and i hate to throw him under the bus because he's a great wrestler and yeah. a fantastic <laughs> producer so i don't want to take that away from him and I, I think he's changed his finisher since i don't even think that's his finisher anymore <laughs> because like, i said this to him but yeah and if not then now definitely for sure that yeah. was one of my backyard wrestling finishers i'm like people are still doing that this is crazy <laughs> that in the overdrive oh no mike bailey if anybody if you see anybody doing that tell them to stop that's the worst move ever i hate when people do it it doesn't even look good it never looks good i guess red velvet did it one time with the booker t uh, scissors kick added onto it and it looked all right but still even then i'm like this is kind of a stretch right so but but that's i mean part of the whole thing is that it needs to be a, a trial and error thing right and you need to try a bunch of like when you're starting mm -hmm. your wrestling career what you need to do is try a bunch of different things and kind of see what sticks and not just kind of decide that this is going to be your thing from now on that doesn't work it takes way more time than that <laughs> You mean you can't just go on Twitter and say, what should we call this? Like all the wrestlers do. <laughs> I hate when Twitter re when wrestlers do that. What should we call this? The super kick, like uh, we've been calling it for the last 30 years, dude. You can't change the name because you came on here. I don't understand it. But I digress. Mike Bailey, it's been an amazing year. 2023, you've had some of the best matches of the year. You've had an absolute classic match with uh will osprey you've had a classic encounter with zach saber jr um how is it do you, is there a difference between impact wrestling mike bailey and independent wrestling mike bailey so uh yes in a way i uh i mean there's a difference between weekly episodic wrestling that follows stories and independent wrestling most independent wrestling as, as i said like given who the audience is you kind of have to treat every match as happening in a vacuum Gotcha. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But when when Mike Bailey from Impact wrestles Will Ospreay, I can I can kind of take for granted. Not so much because he, especially that match, I had a lot of people tell me this was the first Speedball Mike Bailey match I watched and I was blown away. Mm -hmm. It was great, which is fantastic. But there's a lot more knowledge uh, that comes with the Impact fan base. They've been seeing me for nearly two years now, kind of do my thing. And they're a lot more familiar with who I am. So like uh you know things like your finisher and and what it means changes when they've seen me win the exhibition championship you know right. what i mean uh or at least i wanted ultimate x so didn't win it with that move but see me <laughs> defend it with that move so many times that means it has different meaning within the impact wrestling universe now mm -hmm. just some thank you uh for all the great matches throughout the year uh because <laughs> there's been um you know, Osprey is in the in the running, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, all these people, but you consistently are just great. And it seems like I love having this interview because it makes it seems like you're just like it's not I don't want to say effortless, but like it's my job. I just go and do it. It makes it feel even better to me that it's like I'm just here to do my job and I'm really good at it. Well, to be fair, uh, a lot of a lot of wrestlers and a lot of promotions make it very, very easy. 
I feel also, like especially that match with Will Ospreay is the the best example where mm-hmm. the table was set for us. Impact put <laughs> us in this position, and they were like, "Hey, you guys go and have a Dave, Dave Meltzer five and a quarter star match." Mm -hmm. right and and Mm -hmm. we did and it's like not effortlessly but in that moment like just that match itself was not that difficult right you just got to show up for something like that right well you know yeah you got to show up and have a a career's worth of preparation that go into that match (laughs) and an opponent like like will osprey who's who's gone about it the same way and is you know objectively the most consistent performer in pro wrestling right now ridiculous yeah i was essentially you have to show up as mike bailey not just show up as any wrestler in the world if you mike bailey and you show up you're gonna cook like you guys did uh yeah i guess setting the table easily like that is pretty well um do you you've accomplished so much i think throughout this year and recently after the thing that happened with you not being able to come to the u.s for so long do you have any goals that you because you don't seem like the wrestler that wants to be like the world champion of the promotion or whatever. Do you have any goals that, uh, that you constantly are kind of attacking or is it just kind of a day by day thing? Uh, it, it flows and moves. I do have a goal. Uh, I want to yeah. buy a house. I want to be a homeowner. That's a yeah. very big and important goal right now. Woo, that's a hell of a goal. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. in this economy, oh, boy. Home in this economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, just trying to make the most out of out of every opportunity. And I, I'm conscious mm-hmm. of uh, what I'm doing and the kind of work I'm putting out. And I think that trying to top that is a is a is a pretty big task. Trying to stay on course and keep going up, up, up. And uh, I I did have a huge year, and I, I you know I've got to figure out how to make 2024 even bigger. Oh, good luck. <laughs> he, he's he's coming for you, Hiromo. He's coming. That's one part of it. That's <laughs> that that's the one that 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 that's the one I'd like to float out there is uh someone knows you a one v one. I defeated Hiromu and earned myself a shot at the IWGP junior heavyweight championship. Which I technically got my shot, but it was a three-way match, mm-hmm. and uh, Yo is the one who got himself pinned. So mm-hmm. I remain unpinned. So I think I'm still owed a shot at the uh, Hiromu's Junior Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I'll stand on that one with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate yes. the support. Um, couple a uh, couple more things I did want to touch on uh, before we you know before we get you out of here because we do want to make sure we're all uh, we're all done in time to watch some crossbody at seven as well mm-hmm. um you, you touched on uh you know discussing kind of uh, uh finishers uh in in a seminar um training and seminars you do tons of teaching uh, you, uh, you know uh, a lot of your bookings will come with like a a seminar possibly earlier in the day or earlier in the weekend without giving like you know, without giving away too much of the secret sauce, and I feel like we might have heard some condensed uh, lecture, you know, condensed versions of maybe some uh, things you touch on uh, today. You know, what you know, what does a speedball, what does a speedball seminar generally look like? And if a promoter was watching this right now and they wanted to get you out to their uh, their school, how did they go about doing that? Uh, man, you honest, just ask. 
<laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a lot of platforms. Just send me a message, email. So the thing is, I'm quite busy, right? Which makes me quite hard to book. That's the yep. main hurdle. But if we can figure that out, it's usually pretty easy. But the message is always, uh, you know, figure out your strengths, figure out what you're good at, and mm -hmm. then figure out how to replicate it, figure out how to use that so it can be consistently applied in every match. And, and I mean, deliberation and mindfulness are the key if you show up to a match without a plan it's not going to go as well as if the like the as as the ideal scenario which is both you and your opponent or opponents all have ideas of what this entire match could be and then mm -hmm. you just cherry pick all the best possible scenarios and end up with that match as well uh, i think how to communicate efficiently efficiently uh if you're not french canadian is uh <laughs> is a super important aspect of professional wrestling man just that that communication and being able to explain your ideas well and clearly uh i think that that covers a lot of ground mm -hmm. absolutely uh another thing i did want to kind of get uh get to uh, get to with you is uh you know we did uh we we've heard you you know at length uh talk about the uh, the pros and cons of having a spouse in the industry uh but, uh, but what I what I'd like to hear from you is, uh, you know, uh, put Veda over. Let's get it on video. Why the hell has mm -hmm. no one hired Veda yet? And uh, why should every company be lining up to hire them? Uh, so because Veda puts more effort and, and work behind what they do than literally anyone else I know in the world. So busy. Uh, right. So I, I think the main hurdle is that in terms of pro wrestling jobs for professional wrestling commentators, uh, like with a full contract and everything, there's like 10 of them. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, a, a big part of the hurdle is there is a certain voice, right? You don't sound like a commentator. The same way that a lot of people are told, oh, you don't look like a wrestler. Well, we all know what mm -hmm. that means very specifically, right? And, and Vader yeah. doesn't sound like Bobby Heenan at all. So that's something that they have to overcome. But uh, I mean, uh, they've worked for 40 different promotions this year alone. Wow. And this is this is just not my own biased opinion, but this is something that's echoed a lot by a lot of a lot of pro wrestlers. But Veda does a fantastic job telling the story that you are telling as well. Yep. And really, again, because of of how long they've been a pro wrestler, really understands what the wrestlers are doing more than uh, a lot of a lot of commentators. And uh, we're talking about how I think a big part of, of Veda's Veda's secret again is being able to watch people do that do that dance right or just mm -hmm. talk about those ideas and know exactly what they mean and what they want to do. Uh, and I think Veda watches all the wrestling, knows everyone, and yeah. would not dare do commentary on a match of anyone that they don't like know ahead of time mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah that I mean, makes a lot of sense that makes <laughs> that makes a ton of sense it's actually my preferred strategy for booking people to come on the show yeah right i Seriously. think it's a smart one yeah, yeah it's what you really notice it when you see a commentator that's not that great and then you hear veda and you're like oh i see like it's it's so, to add on to the match not just be like commentating the match so that's a that's another big thing like if you're especially like women's wrestlers, female wrestlers will all know this. Uh, sometimes you have a great match 
and then you watch mm-hmm. it back with the commentary and it's you you'd like to send it to promoters or use it to advertise yourself and it's like mm, I can't use yeah. this the footage mm-hmm. is now ruined that used to happen more 10 yeah. years ago uh or so uh but it's something that that Veda has has personally dealt with a right. lot and thankfully it doesn't happen that much anymore but you know, knowing the impact of someone you know telling your story for you and not getting it right how that can that can feel and you know the piece of art that you just worked so hard to create yeah you're like that's not the story we're telling at all what is this guy talking about <laughs> it's right crazy. we have came a really really long way i was watching like old ecw and the chance that they would have for francine i'm like Woo, we have like we're still a lot of progress needs to be made but what where, where are we yeah, at from I'm, 1998 is totally different commentary no, no. over I'm, independent women's wrestling from uh, like the early 2000s yeah. is for the most part god fucking awful yeah Yo, seriously uh, i'm <laughs> Not not that it was fantastic for like the men's the men on the show either, no, but like yeah. I'm wa- I'm watching Lucha Underground right now, like season one, and it's and I man, my Matt Matt Stryker and Vampiro are on some crazy shit when a woman comes on the screen sometimes. <laughs> like it's well, I I I can't I I don't even, I can't. <laughs> it's well, leave us alone and the comments. Yeah, like exactly. 20, he started and, and all that, this. Yeah, that's like 2015 too, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so, like, uh, it, I was it, just you... gonna say, Puff, leave us alone in the comments. I think we have a super chat here for Van Twinblade. <laughs> Please leave us alone, Puff. Um, we did Van Twin. <laughs> yes, Van Twinblade. Uh, the the uh, Van Twinblade. Uh, the 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 whiteboard guy at Glory Pro Wrestling, as uh, as uh, he's also come to known. Uh, matches for Speedball at Glory Pro. Um. Love to see you versus Tootie or with Tootie against Mike Outlaw and Suede versus Ethan Price versus Camaro for the title. Book it, Dan. Yeah, Dan, the dad, mm-hmm. book it. Come on, Dan. Dan and I have talked. Uh, I'm con- confident we'll make it work eventually. Hey, we love Just it. Just a busy thing. Again, that's a conversation I have with a lot, a lot of promoters <laughs> where, oh, yeah, we. I went back and forth with Defy for like a year until oh, we could finally make it work. And then we make it work like uh two two weeks in a row almost yeah which is usually how these things work literally actually like speaking of uh you know we're mentioning promoters possibly watching the show love wrestling can vouch a speedball mike to bailey seminar is worth its weight in gold but also yes Mm -hmm. that is another promotion where i'm sure it took a lot longer to make that match happen than uh people realize it absolutely did and i hope i can get back there soon yeah we'd love to see it um you know, so we did we did give some flowers out real quick to uh, Veda there. Uh, we love giving out flowers here. You've had the good fortune of wrestling for more promotions and against more wrestlers than most people can name. Uh, so who are some people and places that, uh, you know, that uh, we should be going out of our way to see, either because they're just completely overlooked or they're on the come up and we're going to know their names eventually anyway? Oh, man, that is such a hard question mm-hmm. because there's so many people and I'm going to miss so many. Yeah, All right, that's right. Yeah, we can skip. We can skip it. I do have mm-hmm. one specific one recently because uh, I saw it in your vlog and I didn't catch the name. Who did you work at Bodyzoi? Oh, uh, Egle Blanc. Okay, I just I saw like his 
like his whole look and his moves and everything. I was like, I am interested. I need to know more. So, so that is the problem. And that, that is literally what I'm trying to do with the vlog more than anything. And, and my Twitch channel mostly, but that like, that remains the initial goal. There is so much good pro wrestling around the world. So many good people that deserve a spotlight. Uh, And, and as the pandemic was ending, right. And I was still, wrestling exclusively in Canada when shows were just just starting and and uh there was a lot of people that I had trained or trained with at the IWS dojo and I was going to be working with them for a lot of shows that like didn't really have distribution mm-hmm. at all and I like promoters tend to not be very receptive to the idea of hey I'm going to film this match and just put it on my YouTube channel because they want to own the footage even if they're not going to do anything with it a lot of the times it's crazy but yeah but so if i make a vlog that's like you know uh 20 vlog 80 match highlights and and the match highlights are 80 of the match then that still you know feels a lot better for everyone so that was kind of the initial mission with the vlog uh my second vlog ever was a match i had with uh, zach patterson and it was his first match ever and i i helped train him uh you know, just as the pandemic was ending for for a long time. And he's out there and doing absolutely fantastic. Now, Uh, I think my my the third vlog I did was the uh, what was it called? I remember the name of the show, but it was a show that I booked at the in the IWS dojo uh, featuring a lot of students that I wanted to, you know, show their matches and highlight them and hope to give them, you know, that little bit of extra reach. And on my Twitch channel, it's hard because you have to find a delicate balance because people people only want to watch, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and CM Punk. That'll get you more viewers. <laughs> but I want to show uh you know wrestling from argentina that i can actually support one of the best things that i ever did on my uh twitch channel was we broadcasted a live through zoom a show that was happening in brazil with our friends at ewf and that helped give them a lot you know a little boost in terms of viewership and social media and support and i think there is so much good wrestling that happens around the world that a majority of the you know, the people that, that are into pro wrestling and follow it online aren't even aware of. Wow, that's, that's really cool. It's amazing. It's great. Uh, before we get out of here, I have one last question. Uh, Mike Bailey, my biggest pet peeve with pro wrestling in 2023 is wins and losses. I think we, I think we lose out on a bunch of matches that could be great because people are thinking about the wins and losses or a wrestler doesn't want to... Uh, or whatever kind of politics around it. Do you get hung up in wins and losses? You're a TV wrestler, and there's sometimes when they announce a match, you're like, well, Mike can't lose because he's on impact. Do you get hung up on wins and losses? Because I hate it. Man, I'm 0-5 in my last five <laughs> matches right now. <laughs> no is the answer. <laughs> no, I really don't. But I don't think it affects anyone's enjoyment. I mean, I think right. when there are big That's exactly what I'm play, saying. He's speedballing. He's lost five times. He's still speedball. Wrestler. Right. But you have to know when it'll be able to come into play. Like Will Ospreay said... Uh, in one of his build-up for his recent matches, like how few people had beaten him this year. And I thought, okay, it makes sense for him, given the way his career is right now, and he doesn't, you know, take on as many matches as I do. He He's a lot more selective about his booking and where, where he wrestles. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it certainly does make sense. I mean, it like the wins and losses of someone like MJF matter. Like, that's the whole thing. 
true right yeah. that's yeah. that's the whole appeal is he's the champ and he can't be beaten so that's mm -hmm. one extreme the other extreme is you know what i mean me wrestling for uh smaller promotions that barely have distribution where it really does not matter at all right <laughs> <laughs> thank you appreciate that well We've had a wonderful time talking to you here today. And uh, mm. honestly, Speedball, we could probably do this for... Uh, I, I I could think of probably good, like, 20 other questions just to ask you off questions. of the answers that you've that you given. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do this again with you so, at, at some point, hopefully. Um, but in the meantime, until we get you back here, what do you have coming up uh, that you'd like to plug? Anything to plug? You know, where, where can people find you at? Uh, let everybody know. Uh, When does this air again? It's live. It's airing. Oh, it's live. Oh, yeah, it's live. Of course it is. I know this. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, final resolution this Sunday. You can watch yes. me wrestle Trey Miguel. Uh, we have another fantastic match that they just put on YouTube. Uh, it was my first X Division title defense. Uh, and then I got a bunch of stuff that is coming on. Uh, TNA Hard to Kill. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, January 12th, that's the big pay-per-view coming up. The first TNA event. TNA, we're back. Mm -hmm. We're fucking yep. back. Yeah, Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, January 13. Uh, yes. Is that what I said? Did I say 12? I meant 13. But there's Vegas a whole... Sale. There's a couple Vegas. of events going on uh, that weekend, right? Because they just announced Osprey for another event that's going on down there. Yeah, TNA is back, and it's in Vegas, and it's live, and you better be there. So Heart to Kill is the 13th, and then we have tapings uh, on the next day featuring Will gotcha. Ospreay. Nice. Uh, which is, I, by the way, I'm very excited that he's going to keep working with uh, with TNA. I, I only know that he'll be appearing at that date, but I hope that relationship keeps going and that mm -hmm. we get to have uh, even more matches. But yeah, uh, as far as plugs, go watch some uh, go watch some Impact Wrestling. Get ready for the return of, of TNA uh, Thursdays on Access TV. But the, the YouTube... Like, there's so many good matches. They put every match that ha airs on TV on their YouTube. I have a lot of great stuff on there. If you're not familiar with me, go on there and check it out. Check out my match with Trey Miguel that they just released. Watch John Gresham versus Alex Shelley. Mm. Uh, one of the best mm -hmm. matches they've dropped so in recent good. memory. Uh, watch my hour-long match with Josh Alexander if you have an hour oh to spend God, watching so pro good. wrestling. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff on there. Watch that, then mm. watch the pay-per-view on January 13th. Hell yeah. Well, thank you again so much for your time this evening, Speedball. Love to have you back. Uh, it was great chatting with you. Reg, before we head out of here, where can everyone find you at? You know, you can find me every Wednesday here with Mike. Indeed, the best independent wrestling podcast there is. Later tonight, I'll be on with Denise, the AEW Dynamite post show. Tomorrow, I'm on with Kate for the Ring of Honor post show. And every Saturday, of course, you can catch me with Philip Lindsay, Crap City Podcast, talking the best of everything ever. I don't know saturdays with Lindsay. appreciate y'all hell yeah and myself of course every wednesday here six o'clock eastern talking to reg and uh whatever wonderful guests we have with us in the hot seat uh the next few weeks we have uh next week will be crystal moon yes. week after that we have hayden backland yes. uh our last guest of the year december 27th that will be uh mike roch from is mm -hmm. uh from interspecies wrestling Ooh. And uh, our and then yeah, our first guest of the new year uh, that is January the third. Uh, Effie's coming back, yes. so uh, yeah, we got a got quite the quite the few weeks to uh, end twenty twenty three and start twenty twenty four here on Indeed. Uh, follow me, my ads there. It's the same on everything. Watch me on Twitch. I, I suck at Fortnite, but it's fun. 
See you next week. Go to some shows. Love y'all.